We're going to be in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. We're starting a sermon series called Silent Nights. Silent Nights. And I really believe in my spirit. This isn't just a sermon idea, but this, I really believe in my spirit that God really wants to do some work in people's heart and lives through the month of December. I know it's normal that you, as pastors and Pastor Cord would know this, normally when you hit December, you start kind of like landing the plane, talking about a lot of Christmas things and and those are all good and appropriate and and light a candle and we're going to do that on Christmas Eve but I really believe that God as as this church as this body and those that are uh, from home watching from home that he really wants to deal with some things within our hearts I believe deliverance can happen in December can I get I know you've been hearing my voice for a while but stay with me for a moment I believe deliverance can happen in December We don't have to get to to a new year and get all hype about a new year, but I believe deliverance can come in December. The greatest gift you can give yourself is deliverance in December. You can say Merry Christmas to yourself with God just doing some things in your life. And, And I want to deal with the subject of discouragement and depression today. I want to talk about the silent nights uh, dealing with discouragement and d- depression. And, and, and discouragement comes especially when, when you feel like you've been left behind. Oftentimes when you look around and you see all of these things happening around you and discouragement comes when you see someone else succeed. You know, it, it can come, it can bring this disheartening to you when you see someone else that's progressing in their life. When they close on that house and they're holding that gigantic key and they're going, you know, you can go, oh, that's awesome. You'll hit the like button and you'll go, congratulations. But deep down inside, it discourages you because you think, when am I going to hold the giant key? Or discouragement is when you see that, that person with their car and they got those paper tags on there. And you know what that means? They got a brand new one. And, you, and you're just trying to just pay for your tags. And, and you become discouraged about what's happening and it weighs on you. And you feel like you're stuck in silent nights of your life. Trying to figure out, God, when is it going to happen for me? And Christmas time, often, it can be a trigger point for these kind of things. It, sometimes when everybody else is festive and they're doing all of these things, and, and, and it can be a trigger point for you to where you thought that you were good, but, but it's the holidays often that will bring these, the spirit up. It'll bring these feelings up. And it will happen during the silent nights of December and to where we're dealing with and we're affected by discouragement. And it, and it always feels like when God has forgotten you, these discouragement can come. And that's, that's when the silent season shows up. And, and you know the pattern. It's dis- disappointment will, will lead you to doubt. And then when you are disappointed over a situation, then you start doubting if it's ever going to happen for you. Then, then doubt will lead you to despair. Despair is when you start feeling the weight of it. <sighs> despair is when it's a little harder to get up and go to work in the morning. Despair is where it's like you feel like you just you have weights around your ankles and you're just dragging through life. And then that despair will, will, will then lead you to discouragement. To where it's like, it's never going to happen for me. I'm just going to just just settle into this because it's only going to happen for somebody else, never for me. And then despair will then lead you or discouragement will then lead you to depression. And then all of a sudden, what you need to deal with in the spirit, you're now needing medication to help you deal. 
and it becomes this thing that's a spirit thing and then it gets really confusing at the end because it's like is it spirit or 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 is it a choice or is it is it a psychological thing is it something that and you don't really understand all you know is that you're dealing with this thing and you're trying to carry it but I believe God is going to do something in your life today I believe God is wanting to turn some stuff around in your life today. And maybe just for a moment, maybe I've just said enough already to where it's like, ooh, that hurt, that hit me. Listen, it's not my words, but I'm just encouraging you to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life today. Listen, I'm limited, but the Holy Spirit can break down any wall that you're dealing with. I want you to lift up your hands across this room. Spirit of God, I pray for the next few moments that we will just lock in that we'll lock into this word today not because it's something that I've built and it's not because I've put words on on a page and transferred to an iPad it's nothing but God I pray that your spirit will make up the difference and I pray that if anybody is dealing with heaviness and discouragement and depression and despair that this is their season of breakthrough and we give you the praise for it in Jesus name everybody said amen, amen. look at your neighbor and say it's time to deal with some discouragement Here's the thing. I think the biggest trick of the enemy is how he makes a child of God feel bad about themselves when they're facing some silent nights of discouragement. I don't know about you, but I've had moments of discouragement and then I get more discouraged because I'm discouraged. Now, you don't understand what I said. I'll have moments of discouragement of discouragement and then all of a sudden I realize that I'm dealing with the moment of discouragement and I feel like I shouldn't be discouraged because I'm Pastor Kelly. Pastor Kelly is not to be discouraged. He's a man of God. He's a man of God. He can sit down at the piano and worship and the presence of God comes in and discouragement leaves. And so I can put myself on that pedestal and think, man. And then when I deal with discouragement in my, in my life, then it multiplies. That's what the devil does. He multiplies it in my mind. And then I become discouraged because I'm discouraged. And I'm like, I'm bigger than that. Bad, I should be badder than that. I should be, I should be better than that. But, but I'm dealing with discouragement. And then it just begins this cycle of discouragement in my life. And it will cause me to be more depressed because I shouldn't be depressed. And it makes me want to give up because I think, why should I, a child of God, want to give up? And then it just starts this cycle. And then I go, how can I be a man or a woman of prayer and be on Prozac at the same time? It doesn't make sense. Why? Because I'm a man or a woman of prayer. I mean, why do I have to rely on medication to get me out of bed every morning? I'm not speaking against medication. I'm not saying you got to throw it, throw it away today. I'm just saying that we understand the spirit of discouragement is a spirit and it has to be dealt with spiritually. And so I want to unpack this today. And my assignment is simple. I'm just going to take this, this text in first Kings and I'm just going to encourage you with it. And then we're going to pray. 
I'm going to pray for those that are dealing with discouragement. It's a simple sermon today. It's a simple sermon and it's a simple plan today. But we're going to lay hands on you and the spirit of discouragement, the spirit of depression, the spirit of despair, the spirit that you feel like you need to give up, the disappointment that you've been dealing with that is trying to morph into discouragement. We're going to take authority over it today. So don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Think, well, I'm happy. That's all right. We need you to stretch your hands and pray for those that aren't happy. So lock in. And we understand the significance of this story in Elijah and where he's at. And we look at this in 1 Kings. And it's a familiar story for all the Bible heads out there. You know this story. But we know this. This wasn't just Elijah. This was the mighty prophet Elijah. This is the mighty prophet Elijah that was miraculously fed by ravens. This was the mighty prophet Elijah that in the middle of a drought, a brook was provided that gave him enough to drink. This was the mighty prophet Elijah that took oil and flour and saw it miraculously multiplied over and over and over again. This is the prophet Elijah that laid on top of a dead boy. That after he prophesied was going to come and he laid over it and the boy came back to life. This is the mighty prophet Elijah that stood on Mount Carmel and called down fire from heaven. And it comes down. This is the mighty prophet Elijah. And you have had your mighty days. And you've had your moments where you feel like you could just speak to mountains and they'll move. And that's where the struggle of discouragement and depression happens is because you've had those mighty moments where you could put your shoulders back and see God do some things in your life that you could fast and pray and see it turn around. We've had our mighty prophet days where we could speak into our future. And so we see this backstory where the prophet Elijah, he had killed 450 prophets. And Ahab tells Jezebel that Elijah kills the prophets. And Jezebel's angry, sends a message to Elijah and says, I'm going to kill you. I'm just going to take you out. I'm going to kill you. Your end is near. And then fear and discouragement came on top of mighty prophet Elijah. And we read in verse three, it says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. I got points today. Here's the first point. Silent nights of seclusion. Silent nights of of seclusion. There's nothing that will multiply the spirit of discouragement and depression in your life than seclusion. It says this, that he, he went alone into the wilderness. Listen, in your discouragement, you can never walk alone. In your discouragement, you can never be by yourself. Now, I know we go home at night and we maybe lay down and maybe it's an empty house. But when you are in a season of discouragement, when you are in a season of depression, you can't be alone. You cannot be by yourself. Seclusion always leads us to a place of overthinking everything. When you get left alone to your own thoughts, when you are dealing with the spirit of discouragement, your mind will lie to you everything. It'll, it'll lie to you and tell you everything. You cannot trust your thoughts when you're in seclusion dealing with discouragement. You can't trust yourself because it will lead you. It will lead you and the only voice you hear in your life is your own. 
And then you'll hear things like, it's my own fault. It's my own fault that I'm in this situation. It's my own fault. And you will begin to scenario thinking overload. You'll begin to start thinking of your life and thinking way down the road of your life. And you will begin to become more overwhelmed and more discouraged and even depressed because you're trying to figure out what the end of 2023 is going to look like. And you still in 2022. And you will be left in seclusion of your own thoughts and and you'll be making plans that cause you stress. And if your plans stress you out, you are too far in front of God. If your plans are stressing you out, that means you're trying to get in front of him. And so you have to go, I'm stressed out by my scenarios that I'm trying to play out. And when you realize that this is not God, it just simply means you need to pull back and you need to not live in a place of seclusion and you need to get some voices in your life that's going to speak into your life, that's going to help you. You need people. You need people. And And if you're watching from home, I'm glad you're watching from home and I'm thankful we have this resource to get into your life. But if you are discouraged at home, you need to be here. You need to be here. And I, I love you. This not to get you to be in, in the room. I want you in the room. But it's, it's simply to say you can't be left alone at home by yourself. Discouraged. You need people. Elijah, he left and went alone into the wilderness. You can't go into wildernesses by yourself. The wilderness will eat you up if you go by yourself. You need somebody to walk this out with you. You need people. Somebody say, I need you. Look at your person and say, I need you. I need you. Then he says this. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I've had enough. The mighty prophet Elijah is is sitting down in seclusion saying, I'm done. I want to die. I didn't know if I was going to put this point up, but I I went back and forth because it sounds a little weird and this may not be something we want to add to our reel this week, but but it's simply this. Here's my second point is this silent nights of God ignoring me. Silent nights of God ignoring me. You have to be thankful for those silent nights that God ignored you. (laughs) <laughs> I know that don't feel scriptural. It don't feel right. God should never, never leave me for a second. I understand he's not leaving you. He's just ignoring you. Because you know what? When you're secluded and you're in a season and a spirit of depression and discouragement, you'll say some crazy stuff. And I'm so glad that God ignores me when I try to say some crazy stuff. I want to take a moment right now for me, not for you, and to thank God for unanswered prayers. Woo! When I prayed, God, I just let me quit. God, I just let me just give up. God, I just, I'm done with this. I just want to be done with this. I'm so thankful God just said, all right, just get it out of your system because I ain't answering that prayer. Is there anybody grateful that he didn't answer that prayer that you thought you, you wanted, but God saw down the road for you and he says, listen, I ain't even listening to you. I'm ignoring you on this one because you're talking crazy. You are talking crazy out of your mind right now, and I ain't even going to listen to you. Because Elijah, here's the thing. Elijah was one of the few men in the Bible to never die. 
You look at him and the Bible says that he was caught in a whirlwind to heaven. God said, listen, when he was in, in this place of discouragement, he said, God, just let me die. He wanted to kill me. I don't know what to do. I'm just so glad God ignored him because he would have never had the opportunity of never dying. He, he was caught in a whirlwind. And I can imagine when he was caught in that whirlwind to heaven, I bet, I bet Elijah was just like, I, don't, I wasn't there, but I bet he was like, man, I'm so glad he didn't listen to me when I was in that situation. Man, I'm so glad. I said I wanted to die, but look at me now. Look at me now. I don't even have to die. I'm so thankful that God has ignored some stuff that I've said in my place of discouragement and depression. And I just speak the word of God over you right now. That he's going to not answer some things you're saying. And you need to be okay with that because he sees down the road of your life. You're caught in the middle of the mess right now. But God still has a plan for your life. And you can't allow depression. And you can't allow discouragement and despair to begin to talk to you in this season. And God is going to ignore you. He's going to ignore you. And you need to thank God that he ignores you when you're talking crazy out of your head. He wants to see that you get through this. Because you can't allow the whirlwind of your life to take you from the whirlwind of blessing that's coming. Woo! You can't allow the whirlwind of your life and the crazy things you're saying to take away what he has for you. And then it says this, he sat down under the solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. He says, I've had enough, Lord. He says, take my life for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. This is the silent nights of comparison. Nothing will discourage you like comparing yourself to somebody else. Nothing will, will, will weigh heavy on you than when you are trying to compare yourself to somebody else. It will discourage you. It will depress you. Let me tell you, uh, pastors are the worst at this. Sometimes we can find ourselves comparing ourselves to the church down the road and we can see everything on social media and it will cause all this anxiety like, oh, we ain't doing enough. We ain't reaching enough. We ain't, we're not, we're not, we're not praying enough. We're not worshiping enough. Oh, we should have done this. And you find yourself comparing and all it is there designed to do is to discourage you. That's why you can't be looking in everybody's Facebook and going, man, their life is so good. Yeah. Go inside their house. Go inside their house. That, all those pictures have filters on them. It ain't that pretty, y'all. All those pictures have. I mean, I wish that we could look as good as Pastor Ricardo and Karen when they take selfies. I mean, they look good. Man, me and Holly take a picture. She's beautiful all the time. I'm just like, no, baby, that ain't going to work. I look ugly. I, we got to do something. We got to, I'm, I'm just, can I just put a mask on, you know, just. But you can't believe, and you can't believe the report of what, what people are saying is happening in their life to cause discouragement in you. And here's what happens with Elijah. He says, listen, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. What is he doing? He's comparing himself. Here's a question. Where did Elijah get the bright idea that he had to be better? It says, I need you to take my life for I am no better than my ancestors. Where did he get the idea that he had to be better? There's so much added stress and discouragement that we pour on ourselves because we feel like every day we wake up, we gotta be better than the previous day. Now I understand 
that we want to be good and we want to make have progress in our life and be a better version of ourselves. I'm not speaking against that. But to be able to, for it to cause this spirit of discouragement and depression is not the will of God for you. It's not the will of God for your life to feel like you got to get up and every day you got to be better. Make, make decisions to be better, but not to the point where you can't get your head off the pillow to be better. And so here we see a few, very few of them saw fire rain down from heaven. But nonetheless, where did Elijah get this idea that in order to be used of God, he had to be the best or he had to be the brightest or he had he had to be one without failure. He had to be one without flaws. That is the thing that will cause all. Let me just tell some single moms in here to do today. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. You feeding those babies. They got both their shoes on and they're on the right feet. Come on, somebody take a moment right now and give God. You doing a good job. I know you got to run through McDonald's because you're late and there's French fries all over the floorboard of your car. I get it. But you're doing a good job. Quit trying to think you got to be better, 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 better. Don't compare yourself to something that's not there. He was comparing himself to something that was dead. Dead ancestors. I got to be better than them. They did. Why are you stressed about something that to compare yourself to something that has no life? The enemy will try to bring something in our path that looks like it's life, but it's actually dead. And you're spending all your time comparing. I'm talking to some teenagers right now. Come on in to Pastor Kelly. Don't you allow yourself to compare yourself to everybody in that school. Don't allow yourself to be weighted down by trying to be better, better, better. Be better so you can be successful in life. Don't be better so you can look prettier than her or so you can be more athletic than him. You've got to be settled with who you are. And don't try to allow yourself to compare yourself to something that isn't bringing life to you. That's good, Pastor Kelly. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I'm telling every young adult here, Don't even get caught up in it. Be free today that you can step out of this. You can't allow yourself to be caught up in the spirit of comparison. Because comparing himself to dead ancestors, it speaks to the power of our past that we got to overcome. Because sometimes you're trying to compare yourself to something that you used to do. It's a new season for you. Don't allow yourself to go, well, it was back then. God is doing something new in you today. Don't allow yourself to compare yourself. Uh, is this good? He, he, he sat down under the solitary broom tree, I'm reading, and he prayed that he might die. And he says this, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. For I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. You didn't count the words, but I did. 20 words. He said 20 words, 20 words that made up one declaration. I'm done. He collected his words together in 20 words. All of the mighty things that he'd done, all of the miracles that he saw, all of the miracles, not only did he saw, but at his hands happened. All of this stuff, he in 20 words, he declared, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And here's declarations. They are the compass that leads us to discouragement or depression. 
or it's the compass that leads us out of it. Here's the thing. Your declarations will eventually become your biography. What you're saying, somebody's going to come behind you and they're going to write the biography of your life. Are they going to look at someone and they're going to look at you and they're going to go, you know what? They had some problems, but they never allowed their problems to get inside of them. They allow themselves to constantly walk and find a way to walk in victory of their life. You've got to be careful of the declarations you're saying in your discouraging season. You have to be be careful of what you're trying to speak into the atmosphere of your home when you're in a discouraged place. You've got to be careful. You have to allow yourself to go train yourself. to, And that's why you got to have people around you that says, listen, I have to be careful what I'm saying, because right now could be the compass if I'm going out of this thing or if I'm going to stay in this things. You got to start talking to yourself. We've got to start talking to ourselves instead of listening to ourselves. We do a lot of listening to ourselves. But we ever really talk to ourselves. David tells us, David says this in Psalms. He goes, listen, why are you so downcast? Who's David talking to? Talking to himself. He goes, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you so, why are you disquieted within me? And he talks himself out of it. He goes, hope in God. Hope in God, for I will yet praise him. And so David spoke to himself. He was saying, listen, I've got to start talking to myself instead of listening to myself. Oh, Jesus, you're convicting me right now in front of all these people. Because I have a tendency of just listening to my thoughts, listening to what's going on, trying to scenario think this thing through. But I'm making a declaration with you, my family, that says, listen, I'm this week, I'm going to start talking to myself. I'm going to start saying, why are you upset about this? Why are you freaking out about this? Because we have to learn to talk to ourselves. Not only do we need people around us that will talk to us, but we got to talk to ourselves. Because listen to this. You have to understand your heart determines what you do, but your mind determines what you'll defeat. Your, your heart determines what you will do. Because in our heart, we want to do a lot of things. But here, Elijah, he didn't have a problem with his heart. He didn't do anything wrong. He did exactly what he was called to do, what he felt empowered to do. He wasn't battling his heart. He was battling his mind. Proverbs tells us, above all else, guard your heart for everything you, say the word do, everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. But Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. He goes, cast down imaginations and thoughts in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, which is the awareness, the information of God. So we have to cast this down. Our hearts are good. And life's like, God, just, you know, help my heart. No, your heart's probably good. But what you've got to do and what I've got to do is we've got to defeat depression and discouragement in our mind. I love Paul says this when he was telling King Agrippa, he says, he says, listen, I think myself happy. It's crazy. I love that. Only in the word of God where it says, I think myself happy because you're not going to find a counselor that's going to tell you to do that. You're not going to find people around you. You've got to, we got to take a 
a page from Paul's playbook and said, listen, I don't know. I'm going through some things, but I know it's not my heart. It's my mind. And I choose to think myself happy. He didn't pray himself happy. Not saying you can't. He didn't counsel himself happy. Not saying it won't help. He didn't shout himself happy. You may can do that. I've done it. But he says, I will think myself happy because thinking yourself happy means I don't have to be in church to be happy. Thinking myself happy means that when I get up in the morning and I feel the weight of discouragement and depression on me, I still can make up my mind. I'm going to be happy today. I'm going to speak to myself. I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to myself anymore because this is talking to me. But I refuse to listen to what this is saying. And I'm going to think myself happy. Man. I just pray that you today, you get this. I've been praying all week for this service. I do all the time, but I've really been leaning into this because I really believe that God wants to break the spirit of depression and discouragement. Is, is depression a spirit? Is it, is it a, a choice? It's all of that. But it starts from the root of being a spirit. And I'm just here to tell you that you are going to step out of discouragement and depression in your life today. You are. You are. You've been listening to yourself too much. You've been listening to yourself and haven't been talking. You used to talk. You used to talk to yourself. But you've got to start listening to yourself. Again, I'm closing with this. It says this. But the Lord said to him, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? He says, I've served. I've done all the right things. He tells him, he says, go and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord said. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, Bible says that he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the Lord asked him again and says, now, what are you doing here? He begins to wrap himself. I believe it when he wrapped himself, I can't get into the teaching of the cloak right now, but when he wrapped himself, he was able to isolate from himself. He, be, he began to see himself from a different place. Because when you are a man and a woman of faith, you're expecting to see the miraculous. Elijah, he had a record of miraculous moments. So he's expecting to see the mountains crumble. There's God. The fire, there's God. But the Bible says he, God wasn't in that. 
And I think sometimes when we've been serving the Lord a long time, we're looking for the miracles. And sometimes I believe God wants us just to go, shh, wrap yourself. Stop looking at what I've done in you and start leaning into what I'm wanting to do right now in you. Elijah, you gotta hear this again. You gotta hear this. You gotta hear this again. Elijah, you gotta just hear my voice again. I know you're chasing down to try to get rid of the discouragement and depression. Despair. I know you're scared. You're running for your life. Elijah, I just need you just to wrap yourself in me again. I just need you just to shh. Stop looking for the grand part of me for a moment. Because honestly, Elijah, all I want to do is just hang out with you. All I want to do is just be with you again. I know you want me to yell. I know you want me to be bold and so I can just give you clear direction. And I want, I know you want me just to speak and all of these struggles will just vanish at your feet. I know you want that. But the power is really found. I believe that if he would add to it, he would say, because it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's simply by my spirit. And I'm speaking to someone today that you just haven't felt God wrap his spirit around you in a while. It's okay. It's not that you tried. It's just because of the heaviness. It's because of the weight. It's the discouragement. It's the depression. I'm just here to encourage you and tell you that it's time to hear the gentle whisper of the Lord again. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is an altar call. It's going to be one of those altar calls where you're going to come because I want us to anoint you. David went through some stuff similar. This is what the Lord told me to do today. We read Psalms 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Restoreth my soul. Leads me in the path for righteousness sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. Thou art with me. I ride on a staff that comfort me. And here's where I'm going with this altar call. It says, thou preparest, in verse 5, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And this is it. 
thou anointest my head with oil. The, the enemy that you're battling with discouragement and depression and despair, it's in your head. It's in your head. It, I'm not saying it's in your head like it's not legit. I'm just saying the battle is in your mind. It's in your mind. And I don't know if you grew up and maybe, maybe you, you are, they have told you because you grew up in a depressive childhood home or, or you've grown up and, and I understand there's all of these elements that is legit. But at the end of the day, I'm here to anoint your head. That if you feel like you are going through the valley of the shadow of death and you have said a, a similar version of the 20 words that Elijah said, the declaration that basically just says, I'm done. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, I want you to, I want you to slip out of your seat and I want you to come down here. And my, my job is simple today. I'm anointing your head. We're going to anoint your head. Our ministers are going to be. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you.